0: We would like to advise that the following program may contain real news, occasional philosophy and ideas that may offend some listeners. So Sandra, it has come to this, the last episode of the season.
1: You were asking me or telling me?
0: Well, I checked the calendar, this is the last episode of the season of the year.
1: And we have been trying to prepare for this episode while at the same time doing our late Christmas shopping.
0: We shop online these days.
1: And as academics, of course, we gift books to everyone.
0: But which books to gift? There are so many books. So what do you do?
1: So we decided to combine the uh, necessary with the useful.
0: And had a closer look at what everyone else is reading, what everyone else is recommending we should read.
1: And that led us down a rabbit hole, which we thought we would share with our listeners. So we went and read pretty much every list, not every book, but every list we could find of the top business books of the year, best strategy books of the year.
0: Best management books of the year.
1: Best leadership books of the year.
0: And it turns out that Going through those lists and looking at what kind of books everyone recommends is actually a pretty good snapshot of where the conversation is at, but also interesting to see what everyone is uh, recommending, the kind of categories of books that people are interested in, and what doesn't make the lists.
1: And of course, what makes our list.
0: And we have a few favorites, uh, books that are on the lists and books that are not on the lists.
1: So let's do this
0: let's do this from the university of sydney business school this is sydney business insights an initiative that explores the future of business and this is the future this week where sandra peter and kai reema sit down every week to rethink and unlearn trends in technology and business they discuss the news of the week question the obvious and explore the weird and the wonderful so sandra where do we start with this
1: We read the recommendations from Fortune, from the Financial Times, from companies like McKinsey, from Inc. There was one in The Economist, one in Forbes. One in Bloomberg, one in The Times, one in Strategy plus Business, a whole lot of recommendations from various people.
0: And we've asked a few friends to send us their recommendations as well. That doesn't answer my question though, where do we start?
1: You're right. It was really hard to start because there was just so many books on this list. And even some of the lists that advertised 10 business books, like the fortune list, actually had 18 books on the 10 best business books list. So they cheated. There were lists with up to 30 or 50 books on them. So probably a good place to start would be to categorize them in some way. And we've spent a bit of time on this.
0: And we did some magic secret source thinking, coming up with a couple of categories. And it turns out that there are actually certain genres of books that make all of these lists. So we thought we'd guide you through them.
1: The first one, and by far the biggest category that is always present on the best business books list, also a crowd pleaser, must be the one idea self-help manifestos.
0: That is typical airport literature. We do not recommend necessarily that you frequent airports during these COVID times, but these are the typical books that you would find at the airport. They are books that present usually one self-help idea. And there are some lists which are full of these books. So you might want to check out the Fortune and the Inc. Top 10 Best Business Books list.
1: And we'll put all the links as always in the show notes.
0: Fair warning though. Uh, you might want to pick those self-help manifestos wisely because they do tend to contradict each other or give confusing advice if you were to read and follow all of them. But here's some examples.
1: Tiny Habits has been on many of these lists. This is a, a book by B.J. Fogg, who comes from the Behavior Design Lab at Stanford and who's trying to help you achieve whatever goal you're aiming for next year.
0: Other books are called What It Takes, Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence or Digital Minimalism, Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World, Self-Help Tips to... Disconnect and,
1: you know, find a more
0: wholesome approach to meaningful work.
1: Also in that category, things like the proximity principle, the proven strategy that will lead you to a career you love. Or stillness is the key. How to get ahead by staying still.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Learning from the Stoics, you know, moving forward by being still and finding your inner calm.
1: And of course, in this category, besides the One Idea manifestos, there are also the Just Be Nicer books, Ditch the Act, revealing the surprising power of the real you for greater success, or the Empathy Edge, how, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes helps you better understand them.
0: So this one takes our top spot in, you know, the 18 books in the top 10 list in Fortune. And Turns out that with empathy, you become a better manager. There's some timeless wisdom there.
1: So all up a really big category in the One Idea Self-Help Manifestos. But there was another category that always makes the top 10 business books list. And that is...
0: What we call generalizing from unicorns.
1: And this is never complete without some books about Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, Facebook, Instagram...
0: A really interesting category. Usually these books feature one company, one really well-known, unique, very special, very different company, and then tries to come up with broad learnings that are applicable to everyone.
1: And this year, both Fortune and the Financial Times had many of these books. Books like No Rules Rules, Netflix and the Culture of Reinvention, or No Filter, The inside story of how Instagram transformed business, celebrity, and our culture.
0: There was also a list in Forbes, 10 mind-opening business books for 2020 that had a couple of these books. For example, how Elon Musk and company made electric cars cool and remade the automotive and energy industry. So there's a mouthful. So learning from Elon or working backwards, inside stories and secrets from inside Amazon.
1: There's also Facebook, the inside story to complement the no filter Instagram story. Of course, Instagram being owned by Facebook. And then
0: a couple of books that are non-US based, such as Samsung Rising or the higher model about the Chinese tech giant making fridges, among other things.
1: And whilst we'll come back to some of these titles later on, it's Important to note how on the one hand, it is really interesting to learn about how these companies have come to do what they do and how their businesses changed over time and the role they played in shaping either the industry shaping Silicon Valley or even popular culture or the way we interact or other businesses. But at the same time, it's important to realize that many of the business lessons that these companies teach us are very difficult to implement in settings where other organizations might not be at the top of their food chain as Amazon is or indeed Netflix or Facebook, where the entire ecosystem of suppliers, users, customers reorganize themselves around the top predator in that industry. So
0: they make for really entertaining reads and also give a good insight into Silicon Valley and what it's like to work in some of these unicorns. But these books are really interesting precisely because these companies are so unique. And so we always have to be careful with how much we can actually generalize from these unique cases. But they can be good reads. I, for example, enjoyed reading Pumped, which is the book about Uber. That's of course not from this year. So generally I'm happy to delve into that genre, but more for the entertainment value and get a glimpse into the big tech world than to draw actionable insights for, you know, application in our own lives or even in our own organizations.
1: And speaking of organizations, this is taking us straight to our next category.
0: Books about failure, or what we term Schadenfreude.
1: Books about how we rejoice when other organizations quite often fail publicly. And luckily, German does have a word for that.
0: Again, Schadenfreude. And a clear winner in that category, also featured in the New York Times in the best of 2020, is Billion Dollar Loser The Epic Rise and Spectacular Fall of. Adam Neumann and WeWork.
1: And WeWork has been on a downward spiral for quite a while. And I remember we talked quite a bit about WeWork on the podcast about a year and a half ago when they wanted to go public and they styled themselves not as a real estate company, but rather as a tech company with its mission to elevate the world's consciousness.
0: Yeah, the New York Times points out a few other Terms that Neumann invented to characterize WeWork as a tech-enabled physical social network or a capitalist kibbutz. So he had all these grandiose ideas for what was ultimately a company that was in real estate, being a landlord to short-term tenants in its co-working spaces. Heavily disrupted during COVID, of course, when socially distanced work took over.
1: But of course, it wasn't COVID that was the undoing of who we work, but rather the...
0: uh, The bullshit in the business model, as the book points out.
1: Also in the failure category were books about banks, about Donald Trump, books like Dark Towers, Deutsche Bank, Donald Trump, and an epic trail of destruction,
0: which is the number one Wall Street Journal bestseller and also on the New York Times list. And I must say, I quite enjoy this category. A really good book, not from this year, was Bad Blood, of course Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup, which charts the downfall of Theranos founder and CEO Elizabeth Holmes. So, strongly recommended if you haven't read that one. Makes for a good read.
1: Or the documentary.
0: But continuing on with our categories in the same flavor is our
1: category Silicon Valley Kool-Aid. Exactly what it says on the box, books that overhype or overpromise or are full of buzzwords, such as the future is faster than you think, how converging technologies are transforming business industries and our lives.
0: This one is by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. Peter Diamandis, of course, the founder of Singularity University. And the book really starts with a narrative that is actually a few years old, which promises that AI and the Internet of Things and all these technologies will converge to bring about the singularities and the machines rising, and if we're not careful, they're going to take over. So the narrative made us a little bit nostalgic even for the early days of this podcast.
1: And whilst all of these books talk about the tsunami of change, the million-year change that will happen in a decade and so on, many of the insights do speak to ongoing transformations in industries, but quite often use hyperbole or exaggerate to make for easily shareable fridge magnetisms rather than exposing the complexity of many of the phenomena that they talk about.
0: Fridge magnetism, bumper stickerism. But they do speak to a certain Silicon Valley narrative. There was another book from Harvard Business Review Press, Competing in the Age of AI, Strategy and Leadership – When algorithms and networks run the world. Again, this one also comes along with a bit of hyperbole, but also points out many of the developments in industry where machine learning, where AI brings about transformations. We leave it up to the reader to decide whether those are false promises or real developments. The line is sometimes fairly fine.
1: Which brings us to our last two categories. And here there's a lot to like and uh, possibly also to buy for this festive season. So our fifth category identified from the tens of lists that we've gone through is the tech broccoli category, the five-a-day, the good-for-you category.
0: Books that are not necessarily surprising, but make really good and solid arguments about various aspects of change in business driven by technology.
1: So, for example, How to Talk to Robots, A Girl's Guide to a Future Dominated by AI, by Tabitha Goldstaub, who writes about the world of tech and the world of AI that has been for a very long time dominated by men and riddled with various biases. And in doing so follows books like Kathy O'Neill's Weapons of Math Destruction and We'll include our interview with her in the show notes, or Sophia Noble's Algorithms of Oppression.
0: Both of which would also be in this category. And so Tabitha calls out both the fact that these technologies are usually created by young men, but also that the data that is often used to train these algorithms contain inherent biases, many of which are gender biases. Another book in this category that I personally will read is Analogia, The Entangled Destinies of Nature, Human Beings and Machines by George Dyson, who charts the history of how humans coexist with technologies that we less and less fully control or understand. So to me, quite a promising book that looks at how we are fundamentally technological beings.
1: Which brings us very close to our last category, the true eye openers.
0: So these books point out something that might have been right in front of us, but not easy to see.
1: And quite often with these books, it's really difficult to tell which ones will really stand the test of time and become real classics.
0: One such classic, for example, from a few years back, Tim Jackson's Prosperity Without Growth, Foundations for the Economy of Tomorrow, making the argument for what a world would be like that is not obsessed with growth charting an alternative future.
1: This year, we've got Rebecca Henderson's Reimagining Capitalism, How Business Can Save the World. And this has been on the very, very short list from the Financial Times, from McKinsey. It's been on the Bloomberg list. And of course, many of the trends that Henderson picks up, we've seen emerge over the past few years. She talks about the critical role of purpose-driven businesses.
0: She takes to court our obsession with maximizing shareholder value and points out that we will have to reimagine capitalism to take note of the environmental realities of climate change, striving for social justice, or indeed the fact that our democratic institutions are under threat from misinformation and the realities of what we see in the U.S. play out during the 2020 presidential elections.
1: But interestingly, in this category, there are books that seem to persist from one year to another and stay on the list, even though they haven't been published that year. One such book has been, for the past four years, Capital in the 21st Century, Thomas Piketty's tome, which some have compared to Marx's...
0: Das Kapital?
1: Likely the most bought and gifted and least read book, as it is a difficult read, but it's probably one of the most important economics books of the decade. And Piketty, obviously, is an expert in income and wealth inequality, and tries to understand how wealth is created and dominates the economy in the 21st century. And we'd be remiss not to mention in this category of eye-openers, the winner of last year.
0: Which is, of course, Shoshana Zuboff's surveillance capitalism, a true eye-opener that points out how big tech business models no longer comply with our established notions of capitalism and therefore defy old-school regulation.
1: In her attempt to redefine capitalism by looking at the behavioral surplus, the information that is traded for profits in new markets that are based on predicting our every need, or indeed, as she mentions, producing our every need will likely be one of the most important books of the decade and one that we will continue to gift to people and reread as it is, again, a difficult but extremely important read.
0: So that's been our six categories and the most important entries as we can see them across the various lists that we've digested.
1: But that brings us to one very big Omission from all the lists that we've seen this year and that is anything pretty much on climate and sustainability. Whilst climate and sustainability were embedded in the argument of some of the books that we've seen on the list, unlike any of the past few years, only one book on one of the lists was on climate change.
0: And that is uh, by Christiana Figueres and Tom Rivet carnock The Future We Choose, Surviving the Climate Crisis, which basically is doing just that charting ways in which humanity would have to change, in which business would have to contribute to avert what is now a looming crisis or emergency.
1: And while, of course, there were quite a few books on climate this year, including David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet or the Ministry for the Future, Resetting Our Future, What If Solving the Climate Crisis is Simple, All We Can Save, We did contact our resident climate expert, Professor Chris Wright, and we did ask him what his top climate book of the year was.
0: And he recommended Lead for the Planet, Five Practices for Confronting Climate Change by Ray André.
1: Which does balance out the severity of the climate crisis with the need for business and managers and governments to break out of the current inertia and confront the climate head-on. And it's written in a quite accessible way for business people.
0: So a book that the two of us will have a closer look at as well.
1: As we take stock of all of these books and obviously give you our recommendations for all your nerdy friends, We'd be remiss not to remark that a lot of other things are missing. It strikes me that all these lists of business books of the year and recommendations for uh, people in organizations to read do seem to be just that, just business books. And there is a case to be made for big picture context books to make it on this list. And we've seen a few of them on the Bloomberg Best Books list. Books like um, Cast, The Origin of Our Discontent* by Isabel Wilkerson, who is also the dean of the Wharton Business School at the University of Pennsylvania.
0: Which really isn't your run-of-the-mill business book, right?
1: No, it is one of... those eye-opening books that looks at and tries to understand the caste system, not only in India and Nazi Germany, but also in the United States. And it really turns on its head many of our understandings of how the narratives around race have been constructed and passed down not only in Europe and in India, but also in the United States and how effective and insidious this caste system still is and influences how society is organized, including how business is organized.
0: And of course, there's always a point to be made to engage with fiction or even science fiction books that make us think about our current world by painting pictures of possible future worlds that might be utopian, appealing or dystopian, painting the kind of worlds we might want to avoid.
1: And also reading fiction really does help people develop empathy, develop critical thinking. There's a lot of neuroscience research that um, suggests that that is the case and that some of the most valuable skills you might look for candidates or people in your organization to have things like self-discipline or self-awareness or creating problem-solving, empathy, flexibility, are all things that research suggests that reading fiction is very good at enhancing.
0: Which brings us to our recommendations for the holiday
1: readings. Little drum roll. Thanks, Megan. From everything we've seen on all the lists. So
0: one that would be in the generalizing from unicorns category is No Filter, the inside story of Instagram, which actually tops many of the lists, a book by Sarah Fryer, which basically charts the early days of Instagram and then, of course, the takeover by Facebook and how Instagram has become the phenomenon that it is today. So probably a really insightful read.
1: I'm curious to read it too, because I think it promises to do a really good job at charting what happens when you start solving problems for business purposes or for profit, as opposed to the people who actually use your product, in this case, Instagram, which is what happened to many companies in Silicon Valley. And of course, this is a company that interacts with more than a billion of us each month. So all of us benefit from better understanding how the company developed and got to this point, including the acquisition by Facebook, which is now again under question.
0: But there was another book on the list, which is a potential candidate for this year's eye-opener.
1: And the book that actually topped the Financial Times list and the McKinsey list and a few other ones. And that is, of course, by Jill Lepore, titled If Then, How the Simulmatics Corporation Invented the Future.
0: So the Simulmatics Corporation was a company of the 1960s who credited with inventing data analytics in political campaigning and was influential in getting President Kennedy elected. And Lepore charts the history of that company and marks it as the beginning of what has now become so dominant in big tech and the world around us, which is the use of data to manipulate people in advertising, in political campaigning, in the media,
1: So imagine a Cambridge Analytica-type scandal, but in the 1960s.
0: And Lepore makes the point that what we see now heavily critiqued uh, in hearings in Congress isn't actually that new a phenomenon. It has its roots much earlier than we tend to think.
1: And whilst there are questions about the actual ability of this company to do any of the things that it claimed that it can do back then, Lepore's argument is a good scaffold for understanding how we think today about predictive analytics, about data collection, audience segmentation, and how these tactics have been framed in the way they enter political discourse or in the way they enter our business conversations.
0: And so can we just suggest that if you want to get a real comprehensive insight into big tech and social media, Then the two books, *Leporis If Then and The Instagram Story, combined with The Social Dilemma, the movie that we've discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago, make a really good intro with If Then being the prequel to The Social Dilemma and The Instagram Story, kind of the sequel to that story.
1: And then, of course, as always, we'd recommend rounding this up with Shoshana Zuboff's Surveillance Capitalism.
0: And then add to that mix one more book by a friend of the podcast.
1: And while technically this book wouldn't have made any of the lists this year because it was published not very long ago, and most of these lists are compiled based on books published up until about August, we'd be remiss not to call bullshit. So Carl Bergstrom's and Jevin West's book, calling bullshit the art of skepticism in a data-driven world. Which is a really
0: good and practical guide to how to identify fake news, misinformation, and the kind of ways in which actors on social media and in the media try to bullshit us, technical term.
1: By using data in ways which are either manipulative or provocative or outright false. Carl and Jevin, of course, draw on their popular course at the University of Washington and go through many topics, from selection bias to false causality to many of the pitfalls of the big data and artificial intelligence movements, and hence a book that's
0: very much in the spirit of this podcast, where we're sometimes taking great pleasure in calling bullshit on some of these claims about technology.
1: Which is, as the authors define it, an important act in itself, the performative utterance in which one repudiates something objectionable, calling bullshit.
0: And that is really all we have time for this year.
1: Thank you for listening in 2020.
0: This was season eight, and we will be back with season nine in 2021.
1: Which hopefully will be a better year. Until then, happy holidays, we hope we helped with your Christmas shopping.
0: And your Christmas reading at the beach if you're in Australia or in a nice, cosy, warm place if you are overseas. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This was The Future This Week, an initiative of the University of Sydney Business School. Sandra Peter is the Director of Sydney Business Insights and Kai Rima is Professor of Information Technology and Organisation. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Flipboard and subscribe, like or leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any weird and
1: wonderful topics for us to discuss, send them to sbi at sydney.edu.au.